Please join me in the third commandment and its meaning. You shall keep the day of rest holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. You may be seated for our reading. And we hear the precise place in scripture where this commandment was given in Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Up until a few years ago, you would not have been able to buy alcohol in Minnesota on Sundays. Many states uh, still to this day have it so that certain stores cannot be open on Sundays. Only grocery stores, maybe some gas stations. It's a carryover of what we call the blue laws. Many of these laws um, were established years ago, some as late as or into the 1800s, even in some states in the 1700s. And the idea was to preserve Sunday as a special day of rest, kind of a modern Sabbath day. And in some ways, in the minds of some people at least, this was rooted in some bad theology, some things that really are not in line with how Scripture teaches us, even though it maybe served a good purpose nonetheless. The, the civic purpose of these Sunday laws, or blue laws, was to provide a day of rest for people, and for businesses and things, and hopefully a day then to go to church, hopefully a day to dedicate to, to go and hear God's word with your family. But for some people, it was considered sinful to do something on a Sunday. And uh, this is when you might say it kind of crossed a line, because there's no command like that for us. Years ago, when I was a pastor down in the south in Florida, uh, I was on a Sunday afternoon, and we'd had a lot of rain that week, and so that afternoon I decided I better mow my yard. It was getting too long, long, and one of my neighbors pulled up in his car, rolled down his window, and he said, you're the preacher at the church next door, aren't you? I said, yes, and he said, shame on you, shame on you for being out here working on a Sunday. That's terrible. What a way to dishonor the Sabbath, and I said, well, this isn't the Sabbath. This is Sunday, and he said, well, you know what I mean. I said, there's no command from God saying that I can't be out here mowing my yard on a Sunday. He rolled up his window and drove away. The Old Testament ceremonial law uh, is bound up in this for us, in, in this third commandment. And God had, at the time, and, and for us as well to reflect on, God has set aside the Sabbath day and the regulations about it for very particular reasons. First of all, it was to be a reflection of him, God the Father, as the creator, the one who had brought the world into existence to have us think about our origins and everything that we enjoy in this life. So a reflection of the six days of creation and that God had rested on the seventh day. Secondly, the Sabbath was established to show that, that the coming Christ was going to be the one who would provide rest for us 
In other words, we wouldn't have to work our way to heaven. We wouldn't have to do anything to get ourselves to heaven because God himself would take care of that through Christ who is referred to as our Sabbath rest in the Bible. And so the Sabbath laws, when Christ comes, he fulfills them. There's no longer a need to practice them anymore. He has become now our Sabbath rest. As Jesus says to us, his church, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When our sins trouble us and our consciences bother us, come unto me, I will give you rest. So God the Father, God the Son, and also God the Holy Spirit. The Sabbath was set, as, set aside as a day to hear the word of God, to meditate upon the ways that God the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and creates faith in our hearts and causes us to believe in our Savior. And that's why God, through the book of Hebrews, instructs us to be sure to enter this rest that God provides in Christ. And we do that through the means of grace. So, it was also to the Old Testament Israelites a reminder that God had spared them from the slavery in Egypt and taken them from all of that. Now, by the time of Jesus, the Pharisees had taken this law and added multiple laws around it. They padded it, if you will, with other laws and regulations. They even regulated how much weight you could lift off of a shelf above your head on a Sabbath day. It couldn't be more than like five pounds or lifting up a little child onto your lap. And this law, from the perspective of the Pharisees, became ripe for legalism, adding rules and laws that God himself had not given us, putting heavier burdens on people than God had placed. And so when Christ comes on the scene and begins talking to the Pharisees, he has to correct this bad theology in them. Now the New Testament believers, those of us who live now in the New Testament church, we are no longer under the boundaries and the burden of the Sabbath law, the ceremonial law. In fact, Martin Luther said this about this commandment. This commandment does not concern us Christians. It has nothing to do with us. But then he added, <laughs> according to its literal outward sense, we must always ask, how do I, as a believer, deal with this commandment then, since the Sabbath is no longer on me? How do I deal with this? We have to remember God gives in time specific commands to specific people in certain circumstances that he may also lift off of other people in other circumstances. And this is a case like that. So how does this third commandment really apply to you and to your life today? Well, let's first of all consider how the very first Christians in the New Testament church dealt with this. They decided we're not going to worship on Saturday anymore. Many of them had been Jewish. We're not going to do that anymore, and we're going to change it to the next day to demonstrate that we're no longer under that law, to demonstrate that Christ has come to fulfill that law for us. It also became a way of recognizing that, um, recognizing that that was the day that our Lord had risen from the dead. Every time Christians today go to church on a Sunday, which is not mandated by God, but it's in our freedom, but that's what the church has done through the centuries. And every time we do that, it's like a mini Easter. We're celebrating the fact that our bodies are going to rise from the grave someday. That's an amazing, wonderful thing. So we're told that the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. They celebrated the Lord's Supper. They, they put Christ through that meal in front of everybody. 
So the Sabbath stands before us in scripture as a symbol of our salvation through the work of Jesus Christ, who's delivered us from the slavery in this fallen world, has given us the peaceful rest of having our sins all forgiven as we look forward to the greatest rest that's coming in heaven. Okay, so how do I as a Christian today keep this commandment? You keep this commandment every time you love Christ. Every time your heart embraces him as your savior. Every time you cherish the fact that he died for your sins. Every time you love his word. Every time you love to receive his sacrament to strengthen you in that faith. Every time you gather together to worship with fellow Christians and honor the name of Christ and hear his word, this is how we keep this commandment. The new man that has been created inside of you through the gift of the Holy Spirit is what just loves the things of Christ's kingdom. And through that new man, we now keep this commandment. Back in Jesus' day, when you as a little child, usually it was just the boys, would go to the synagogue to learn from the rabbis, and they would study the word of God, the rabbis would often hand out little sugar cakes to go with it. Kind of like we do in VBS, you know, with Oreos. But they would hand out little sugar cakes to go with it so that the children associated studying the word of God with something sweet and something that tasted so well. Jesus says to us, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And so believers have always loved to taste that word of God. The psalmist says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen.